0: Take in the big money with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircusSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio.
1: Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show, presented by the Sporting Tribune. On the mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined, as always, by G. Hey Wiley, Armani Buckets, and Brandon Deutsch. How are we doing?
2: You know, I, I was fine until Seattle won and killed me out of Survivor. Right. But other than that, I'm doing fine, I guess. it's It's still a beautiful day. I'm still wearing shorts, so... How could
3: you bet against Geno Smith? That's oh how can God. you not bet against Geno Smith? <laughs> what are you Smith? talking about? Geno is back.
2: No, you is know what, he is like Mitch. So I think that we said this before we got on air. Is that I was like, you know what? I think that Denver just made him look good. Yeah. I don't think vice. I don't think that Geno's back. Um, granted he had some good, you know, some good teachers you, prior to, but I just don't think he's back.
3: Did you see his post game celebration after the kneel down and the little, the little grab of the booty of the receiver? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people were going crazy about that on social media? It was,
2: were people also going nuts when, um, Russell went in the middle and started like turning around yes, and dancing? Yes, like, they were. What the heck was that, man? What the heck was that? But yeah, I mean you're going to get booed your first time back. You're gonna, I mean, you also, you bounced for more money, so I get no. it. Um, but yeah, no, I was just disappointed because they made such an amazing comeback. And I get it. It's Denver's first time like with with one another, and there's going to be adjustments made and stuff like that. But it was just a really disappointing game. Who
4: knew Seattle wouldn't be leading the division after one week? <laughs> I know. It's insane, you, right?
2: You know what's crazy is if they lost that game, they're NRC all 0 1. Yeah, everybody would have been 0 and 1 and the whole entire NC West 0 and 4, which is insane. Crazy. I mean, and that's that, a good
4: division, too, which is like, yeah. we, you know, I it's mean, weird.
2: They, just, they probably just, you know, needed just tweaks and adjustments. It's and like, stuff like we that. said
4: yesterday on the air. It was a weird week, one. A lot of upsets. Like, no one thought the Bears were going to beat the Niners. No one thought that the Rams would get drilled, well, except a couple people uh, by like two, three touchdowns. Yeah. And no one thought that Seattle would beat Denver. But hey, stuff happens.
1: Yeah. What a crazy, wild, fantastic, really, first week of yep. the uh, season here. All right, let's get to today's headlines brought to you by Circus Sports. Circa Millions and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contest are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircusSports.com for details. Hit it, G.A.
2: Dodgers won their 97th game of the season last night, defeating the Diamondbacks 6-0 behind a strong start from Tyler Anderson and another home run from Mookie Betts. Should he be the NL's most valuable player over Paul Goldschmidt, guys?
1: I think so. But listen, I am a little biased. Not just a little biased. I'm a lot biased. But listen, today could be the day. I know yesterday they, they, they technically <laughs> clinched, the, clinched postseason, but they didn't. They are in the postseason, but no one really cares about that. It's all about winning the division. They're going to pop the champagnes uh, tonight in Phoenix. The question is will they jump in the pool remember that was a big thing uh, a couple of years ago a few years ago when Pui. they uh, you know uh, that that was so much fun um, and again they they have uh, two chances to do it the Padres play at the same time against Seattle the Dodgers are in Phoenix if the Dodgers win they got the, the division if like even if they lose if the Padres lose to Seattle they win yeah. the division so we're going to pop the champagne jump in the pool let's do it Yeah, no, uh, I think
4: Mookie is gaining ground on Paul Goldschmidt. I know Paul has his OPS numbers are like 100 points higher. He has like a 1.020 OPS, 35 home runs, and he's second in in MLB in average, 325. Um, Buying Luis Jerez from the Twins, I believe, if I remember correctly. 35 home runs. I think you got to give it to Paul as of right now, but if Mookie continues to hit home runs the way he's doing, Raise that OPS and get somewhat close to Goldschmidt. You got to have that conversation because the Dodgers are just a better team and he's impacted them the most. I know we talk about it so much in the show. Who's the most important player on the Dodgers? Sometimes I said Freddie. Sometimes I said Trey. It's Mookie Betts. The team lives and dies with Mookie Betts. When he's on, the team can't lose. And when he doesn't hit, the whole lineup can't hit.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's also their fire, right? He was the same for the Red
4: Sox. Remember when the Red Sox won the World Series? It was like it was him that he he was the guy who won him the world series like he was their best hitter
2: i mean and trust that's the reason why i think that they off like boston did try to offer him as much as they possibly could and then he was just like no i'm worth so much more so i, I get it yeah. i i you know i get why he left and also i get why he's so valuable he's
4: just such a good baseball player and defensively we talk about his offense but man this is a gold glove winner out there you know, and he was playing. He was making plays at second base yesterday. Asked Michael Duarte. he was watching the game. He was there in Arizona. I mean, this guy is is, is unreal. But I think as of right now, you got to give Goldschmidt the edge, barely, barely, just what he's done. No,
3: uh, NL player has won a triple crown since 1937, and Goldschmidt has Close a chance to, it. to do yeah. so. So, I, I think that. I mean, you know, I'm not a huge baseball uh, watcher, but that. The fact that he's so close to a triple crown, I, I think that it has to be Goldschmidt as well. Yeah, well, for sure. Yeah.
2: Well, moving on to the other team in California, um, Mike Trout hit a home run in the seventh, um, in his seventh straight game, one game away from the eight straight games with a home run record. How remarkable is Mike Trout, and how the Angels build around him and Shohei Otani this offseason? And guys. They lost this game, by the way. So, like, They always lose make-
4: the game. It's always it's the joke. Shohei Ohtani <laughs> and Mike Trout combined for four home runs and lose 12 to 8. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's always yeah. on Twitter, people saying <laughs> that. You
1: know, I was thinking of Brandon when I saw that stat and I saw the highlights because the one thing that he keeps talking about, and I really believe that this is true, is momentum. So obviously yep. they're not going to do a thing this year. It's, it's too late in the year. But that momentum, because this is a crucial offseason for them. The team will be sold. They're going to have a new manager. It, it's going to be a different feature. So if they can go into this offseason with Mike Trout on this amazing run, Shohei Otani, listen, if they can be bought by... My former boss, Dr. Patrick Soon-Shiong, the richest man in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you right now, it, it, it'll change the culture and of the I think, team.
4: look, those those leaks about him being interested, they don't they don't come to fruition unless he's very serious about yeah. it. So I, I do think he's that extremely
1: private, by the way. So exactly. I mean, I, I think the fact that that leaked out was, was I mean, he's
4: private. I, I mean, I, yeah, same thing with his estate, like yeah. in Brentwood, like it's very private and out there. Um, but yeah, no, that would be great. Mike Trout, though, going back to Trout, this is insane. So he's played 100 games this year. That's it, 135 home runs. He's missed like eight weeks. If he was healthy the whole year, he would have Aaron Judge home run numbers. Like, that's insane. He would be on pace almost as Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is 55 home runs. Trout would almost have that if he was healthy all season Like It's insane. His OPS is 1,000. Obviously, he doesn't qualify because he's missed so much time. And they have the base. Everyone says it every year. The Angels have Shoei Ohtani, Mike Trout. They have the base to be a World Series contender. Their pitching is getting better. They need to finish the year out strong. And they've been playing some good baseball. I know they're losing some games, but at least it's close. They're not getting blown out. They haven't lost 14 straight, you know, like earlier in the season. So they just need to make a couple of good signings this offseason. And they should be in for a good year. And, I mean, it's going to be a huge year for them. They really need to make the playoffs and and get really far in the postseason next year to convince Otani to stay.
3: The craziest part about this story for me is the fact that it was only a few months ago that we were worried about Trout's injury being a career debilitating injury. And literally in the same season, he's doing these kinds of things. This is literally only a few athletes on earth could probably pull off what Mike Trout is doing in their respective sports. After People were worried that his career could be in jeopardy. And now literally months later, he's,
4: that's just it's insane. I just hope we get a full season from him next year so he can hit 55 home runs. That would be awesome.
1: Yeah. No. Yeah, no, listen, I mean, I, I think what what changes the course of this team is uh, who they have. I mean, I think generally speaking, if you have a professional sports franchise in Southern California for sale, that's one thing. Shohei Otani is a game changer. You're going to see a lot of companies be in play. Not I mean, again, the fact that Mike Trout is kind of like the second guy talked about is crazy. You talk about I a mean,
4: this is the guy talent. that's considered the best player of all time exactly. by a lot of people. So. And just hitting wise, he is probably the best hitter talent of all time. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No. Well, sorry guys. <coughs> Moving on, the Rams faced the Falcons this weekend, but the Falcons almost beat the projected playoff-contending Saints as they lost twenty-seven to twenty-six. What a close game, by the way. Yeah. Like for them to come back like that, for the Saints to come back like that was incredible. Anyways, um, will will they be? Um, Will there be a problem for the Rams this weekend With um, Atlanta?
1: There shouldn't be a problem um, I, I I don't Know what to think of this Rams team Obviously we are all very high On them I think uh, we all have Them projected I believe to win the division But yeah. we'll see the Buffalo Bills In my view are the best team in football So I'm really not going to put a ton of stock In the fact that they lost yes It turned into a blowout as Brandon Predicted but it was a 10-10 game in the third Quarter so we'll see the, This week is where I'm going to get a real sense of where this Rams team is at. If they're 1-1, one one, if they find a way to win this game, I'm not that concerned. If they're 0-2 to start the season and they lose at home to Atlanta, then that's when I'll get a little bit concerned about this team.
4: Yeah, so Atlanta was beating the New Orleans Saints playoff contending, what many people think they're a playoff team, right? 10 wins. They were beating them, and then they lost by one point, obviously, 27-26. Cordero Patterson went off. I think a lot of people were sleeping on him. He's going to go off against the Rams, Um, Look, this is more of a toss-up than I thought in recent memory. I do think the Rams will win by two touchdowns. They'll be motivated like one to two touchdowns. Couple get his. I think Allen Robinson will get involved so Stafford doesn't have to face himself being called a racist on Twitter for no reason because he wouldn't throw to Allen Robinson, which is kind of ridiculous. Um,
2: Well, don't you think it's ridiculous that he didn't throw to Allen Robinson? Well, he didn't have time.
4: That's the problem. He didn't have time But he does He does look straight at Cup And like I mean I saw his eyes Were just on Cup Like every single play Like it was ridiculous
2: Here's the thing too Is that like And I'm not gonna knock him For this because I mean that kid can get open anywhere in a freaking cup. Is like, insane. Is re- he's ridiculous. He's insane. So you can't really knock him for wanting to go to cup because he's yeah. always open.
4: But I'm saying he can't be just, you no, can't absolutely. just get him the ball 15 times and not. I mean, that's why they lost But right? in the O-line. I do expect the O-line to improve. Stafford's elbow is going to be the huge story this week. You know, if the O-line is even slightly better, incrementally better, Will Stafford perform this week? That's going to be number one. Will he over... Because some of those interceptions... People say, like, Fernando came on yesterday. He was talking about the line. And yeah, the line was the biggest problem. That interception he threw past Tyler Higby was one of the worst throws I've ever seen in my life. It was like 15 yards past Higby. You know? I,
3: I really, really think that this is a massive trap game for the Rams. The Falcons do the things that the Rams are not good at doing like rush the quarterback the rams according to pro football focus were the worst team in terms of pass protection in week one on the flip side of it the Falcons were the best team at protecting their quarterback in Week 1, which means that Mariota should have time to throw. Cordero Patterson looks like a star, and I really think that the Falcons can control the tempo of this game, can control the clock. If Stafford makes a mistake or two, this could be a really, really scary game for the Rams. I teased Jihei with with my parlay. I'm putting the Falcons in that parlay, and I'm deciding whether I want to take the money
4: line and get a little bit risky.
2: I was just going to say, you're only taking the point though right I'm um, deciding and this ah. is why
4: if we go back to the point like this is why the NFL is so great because every matchup every single week doesn't matter who's playing who can be a toss-up The Bears-Niners, everyone thought the Niners, Super Bowl contending team, oh, they're going to beat the Bears, even in that monsoon. They didn't. Everyone thought, oh, the Denver's going to get 10 wins. They're going to beat the crap out of Seattle, who's the worst team in the league. Seattle won, and now the Niners play Seattle. That's not an easy game for the Niners. Just like the Rams, it's not an easy game against the Falcons. They almost beat the Saints. The Saints were much more disciplined defensively than the Rams last week. And the Falcons really should have won that game. Mariota looked pretty good, which I was surprised about. And Kyle Pitts wasn't even involved in the offense. And that's a scary thing. I mean, and the linebackers are they going to be able to contain Kyle Pitts on these on these you know posts and um, you know slants and stuff? And when he lines up midfield, obviously the corners are going to have a tough time with, with anybody right now, especially Jalen Ramsey, the way he's played. But I, I expect Kyle Pitts and Cordero to have a huge game against the Rams. I think the Rams' defense is going to be a bit tired, but I do think the offense will be able to outplay Atlanta's offense. I think that'll be the difference. But we'll see. If they don't and they lose this game, Arash is right. This is, a, this is like this is what the Niners lost to the Bears. You circle that game, that's a win, right? Oh, man, if they lose, that's, they're in big trouble.
2: Has anybody seen this line other than Armand? For, for Atlanta Rams,
4: what 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 is the line?
2: It's 10 and a half yeah. points.
4: Oh, take the Falcons.
2: I would take the Falcons all day. Like, I mean, no, look, that's look. Rams, I, I in the article for the Sporting
4: Tribune, I said the the Rams would win by fourteen, but I'm betting on on Stafford to look better. If he doesn't, Atlanta is winning this game.
2: I mean, if if their pass rush defense is is as as good as you as you say. Like at Atlanta all day on this one. Like, they're, they're, like, there's no. No, no, way. not
4: their, not their defense. Their offense. Their offense, their offensive like they're, playmakers. They're, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, but if, if if it is as you say, then.
4: Well, did you see Devin Singletary against the Rams last week? Yeah. He played way better than Devin Singletary usually plays. Imagine Cordero Patterson lining up against that defense.
2: Well and the other thing too is that everybody's always going to want to have the, this team, this particular team, circled on their calendar. Yeah, it's like with the, the Lakers
4: after the yeah. twenty twenty, you know, season, everyone was trying to beat him. You know, it's the same thing with the yeah, Rams. Absolutely. It's the same so, thing.
2: Yeah, so everybody's gonna have them circled on there. They're gonna have a target. But listen, the
4: back. but listen, the NFC is weak this year. It's very weak. So you can get into the playoffs with the nine nine wins probably this year. So the Rams are not in trouble. But look, you gotta start self-evaluating maybe doing some meditation going and <laughs> doing some buddhism if they lose this game like because they really need to find themselves they need to win this game
2: yeah but i mean so here's here's my other thing too and i'm, I'm i think i've told this to a Rosh. i don't think i've told this to you guys i'm a huge proponent of momentum like a massive proponent of momentum so like my and i'm gonna go revert back to my g men um when they won the second super bowl that they had they started out the season oh and two they figured it out later on, right? And they they got the wild card and then eventually the wild card turned into the Super Bowl. So I just I just think maybe for this Rams team, maybe they just need to figure it out. They can start 0 and two. Don't be don't be stressed about it and then move on from there.
3: And the good thing is what we learned in week one, Seattle is still gonna be Seattle. I, I would be shocked if they are a competitive football team. But the other thing we learned is Arizona probably sucks. Oh so they're garbage. You you're eliminating two teams, so it's basically all right, we're looking at San Francisco. Even if we do, unfortunately, start
4: 0-2, we still have time. And think about it like this. They haven't beaten San Francisco in three years in the regular season. Yes, they won the game that mattered the most, but San Francisco is embarrassed right now. And I can guarantee you, they'll go into the they'll go into the game against the Rams motivated. With Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback? <laughs> <laughs> no, they have Lance at quarterback. You can't roll with how, Jimmy Garoppolo.
2: How long do you keep? Lance, though, how all long sixteen games? <laughs> I mean, are like, all eighteen uh, games? Geez
4: what am I in two thousand? Uh, we no, have, I mean, seventeen games, eighteen weeks.
2: I mean, I don't know about that. Like, I like, I wouldn't you you at a certain point? Wouldn't you just be like, you know what? We got to throw in the towel, and put him in. Did you kept him? No, but him the thing year? is,
4: yes, the team has a title window now, and but then it's so bad long term. He brought it you
2: to the playoffs. Doesn't
4: matter. He is also the reason we didn't win two Super Bowls if Lance Money got you there. Trey, Lance Trey Lance is, Lance is going to be a superstar
2: absolutely I'm just saying right now yeah he but, is not but, getting but then you're
4: there. ruining the next 10 years if you pull him his confidence you already everything.
2: you already ruined the first 10 years of his confidence by re-signing Jimmy
4: I think Jimmy being on I disagree I think Jimmy being on the roster is great for Lance for Lance if he improve. has
2: if he has a competitive spirit and has that fire in him absolutely. I think it's
4: bad to dictate Lance's performance in a monsoon let's see how he plays against Seattle this week
2: so you're not so you're just gonna completely negate the three turnovers he had in preseason
4: i mean the yeah they weren't running plays and also justin fields i mean he won that game but he looked atrocious in the first half and the niners made mental mistakes allowing fields to go off in that last quarter so i mean like everyone's like oh these quarterback these young quarterback no like lance played fine it was just the interception and it wasn't even his fault we lost to be honest with you
3: yeah that whole game analyzing it is impossible because it was a monsoon i i can't well it was the penalties the niners should have won by 10 points sure you know i I can't blame lance or
4: evaluate him fairly and he ran in that monsoon he ran for like 60 yards and he he showed off his arm it was literally that one bad pass where he was forcing stuff they were down 13 10 it started raining like crazy hailing whatever and then he couldn't see and he couldn't hold the football. So I mean if, if you put Jimmy in that game, he would have thrown three interceptions.
2: Well and also there was that delay as well. Like oh, I mean, exactly. if, I, I don't remember if you guys remember the, the blackout Super Bowl where they um
4: yeah. or where North. they almost came came back. Yeah, yeah, and
2: but they but they had such a huge gap, right? And such a huge break that you're sitting there trying to stay warm, trying to stay Look, loose. Look, the to Niners stay fired weren't up. prepared. Like, same thing.
4: The Niners weren't prepared. The Bears were coming for their head. The Bears wanted to prove a point, and they yeah, did. Yeah,
2: they've been, they've been getting
4: the... But, but Jalen Johnson, that's going to bite him in the butt. He shouldn't have said that. <laughs> You're giving the Niners way too much motivation well, now. we're not going to see you guys this season, so yeah, maybe, maybe down the line. Maybe. maybe. I, mean, oh, if you I would beat, hope If you beat so. like <laughs> Green Bay. I hope so, but I don't... Dude, know. I hope you beat... Green Bay is atrocious, dude. I, I Everyone's talking about the Vikings being good. Like, yes, I said the Vikings would win 10 games. Green Bay is going to be bad this year. Yeah, I think you guys need
2: I think so. I I actually was listening to. Um, I forget. I forget who I was listening to, but uh, listening to ESPN Radio, and they basically were saying he has been. Look, look at his previous years. Look at Rogers' previous years. Now I'm. You know me. I am not a Rogers fan. I've already told all of you guys this. I am not a Rogers fan. But look at his previous years as a um, as a quarterback, and that. Sometimes they have bumps in the road yeah. and he's still made it to the playoffs. He's still won, you know, um, their division. He's still gotten to the Super Bowl or, or, or at least near it. So let's calm down yet on let's, killing. Let's
3: bury him this week.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true Bears fan right there. I love the
1: comments bury now. <laughs> Sorry, dad joke. Dad joke <laughs> from the young the Deutsch. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend, the sports guy, Dave Smith, when we return right here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be
0: right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio.
1: Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas or Hawaii, call our hotline, 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports guest hotline right now. Circa Millions and Circa Survivor Pro Football Contest with $12 million in guaranteed prizes are back. Visit CircaSports.com for details, and here he is, the sports guy himself, Dave Smith. Dave, how are you? Aras, what's up? Good talking to you again. You too, Dave. We are finally here. Fight Week in Las Vegas. Canelo Triple G3. The trilogy is finally upon us, Dave. All the talking is over, although there will be one final press conference. Weigh in. All that good stuff. The pomp and the pageantry that goes with Fight Week in Vegas. Dave, this is our last time talking to you going into Fight Night on Saturday. Your thoughts? You know what's funny, Arash, is uh, the lack of buzz about
5: this and the lack of interest, uh, especially among five fans. I know Canelo's coming off a loss, and I know Triple G's 40 years old now and uh, has been inactive. But, wow, compared to the first two, the lack of interest here and the lack of buzz, and I've actually forgotten the fight was this weekend, so... (laughs) This is going to be interesting, Uh, and as you know, Rosh, I think you agree with me, I thought Triple G won the first two fights, Uh, Canelo's coming off a loss, Triple G's 40 now and inactive, and obviously slowed down a little bit, Uh, I'm going to go with Canelo by decision here, probably be controversial again, since it's in Vegas, uh, Triple G's going to need a knockout to win, but... I'm hoping we get another good
1: fight. Dave, I mean, what's your, because I 100% agree. The only reason that I know that, that it's fight week is obviously, you know, my my, my intention to go out there. But, but but even then, Dave, I'm actually 50-50, and this goes into my next question. USC, my USC Trojans are back, Dave, number seven in the country for the first time in a long, long time, Dave, going up to Palo Alto and blowing out Stanford. Stanford, I mean, the worst thing Stanford did... Was blow out Clay Hilton the way that they did? I mean, if they had just won by a touchdown or a, or a last-second field goal, perhaps Clay Hilton <laughs> is still the coach at USC. But now Dave, not only do they have a real coach in Lincoln Riley, they got a good quarterback. They got a Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback. Your thoughts on this team?
5: Uh, I think Caleb Williams absolutely right now was a front runner for the highs. And the, this, this offense with Jordan Addison coming in from Pitt is explosive. And Lincoln Riley's a, Lincoln Riley's a genius here this, this team's going to be a lot of fun to watch this year. In and I think uh, there should be a sellout this weekend against Fresno state. who's a pretty good team and should challenge them a little bit. And I guess Ross, if you want to nitpick, uh, you know, Nick and Riley teams never play any defense in the big club. They just outscored everybody, and they did give up 28 points, and Stanford uh, was marching up and down the field in the first half and could have scored more if not for turnovers and kind of shooting themselves. So I think the defenses are a work in progress here, but they are, they are fun to watch, and they are loaded with talent all over the field, and it's good to see the enthusiasm back for USC football.
4: Yeah, Dave, I wanted to ask you. We were talking in the first segment about the Rams and how bad they looked in week one against the Bills and how good, actually, the Falcons looked against the Saints. I know they lost by one. This could be a trap game, Armani Buckets just said, for the Rams. I do think they win. But what are you looking for in the Rams this week um, other than their O-line getting better and Stafford's elbow?
5: And <laughs> who are they playing this week again? At- Rams? Atlanta. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, though, that could be a trap game. Atlanta looked a little bit better than I thought on Sunday, although uh, I I, I do think the Saints, uh, uh, they waited way too long getting into the fourth quarter to go no huddle and play in hurry-up, which which is Jameis Winston's strength. I think that's the way they I
1: think we lost Dave for a second, or maybe it's a reception. He's still on. Yeah, Dave. Um, Hey, Dave, can you hear us? Let's see if we can uh, get Dave back on here. But, uh, yes, listen, modern technology <laughs> is not always uh, perfect. We'll, we'll work towards getting Dave back on here. Um, well, yeah, listen, I mean, big game this weekend at SoFi Stadium. Again, I mean, there was a lot of attention on that Rams-Bills game. Yeah. I, I think it turned out the way you thought, Brandon. What's, so you think that this could be a two-touchdown game? You think that this could be... We're calling Dave right back here. Uh, let's see if yeah. Dave... Uh, I do think it could be Rams by two touchdowns. Hey, Dave?
2: Dave, can yes, Alright, sorry All right, about
1: we that, Dave. Let's pick up where you left off.
5: Okay. Yeah, I think it probably could be a little bit of a trap game if the Rams hadn't lost uh, in, in week one and gotten embarrassed on national television by the Bills. So I think the Rams will pull this one out and I just I don't think Atlanta's all that good. I, I just think that it was a matter of uh, the, the, the Saints not playing the way they should play. Jameis Winston is a guy who's much better playing fast and going no huddle. And I don't understand why New Orleans waited till the fourth quarter to pick up the tempo there. And when they did, what? Uh, what was it, 17 points they scored in eight minutes, and he threw for over 200 yards in the fourth quarter. That's the way they should be playing all the time. And I think if they do, they will be fine this year and there. Definitely, I think, a Super Bowl contender with Michael Thomas back and Olave and uh, Alvin Kamara at least not yet being suspended. So I like the Rams this week uh, to, to bounce back against Atlanta.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the biggest problem with this game is that uh, you know we just don't know what to think about the Rams right now. So, uh, listen, I'm, I'm not going to knock them for losing to, to the Bills. I think the Bills are the best team in football right now. I, I they were my preseason Super Bowl yep. pick, but you know, listen, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, if if the Rams fall to. To 0-2, and I'm a little bit concerned. But right now, no concern.
4: Yeah, Yeah, Dave, I wanted to ask now about the Chargers. They have a huge game on Thursday against Kansas City. And some people even say Kansas City looked like the best team in football, although I don't think the Cardinals are all that good. But they did dominate them. The Chargers uh, dominated the Raiders for most of the game. I know the Raiders were able to almost come back but the Chargers-Chiefs, these seem to be the two best teams in that division and two of the best teams in the AFC. What are you looking for in this matchup, and how do you think it's going to turn out?
5: Uh, well, I like the Chargers team. with Justin Herbert is outstanding and quarterback. The defense is better this year with Khalil Mack. so uh, uh, I-, I like the Chargers in this game against Kansas City. I know the Chiefs look great, but I think that's more a case of uh, – you know, I, I'm, I'm not a believer in Arizona. I didn't like Cliff Kingsbury when he was a coach in college uh, going 5-7 and seven with Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback. He should have been fired at the end of last season. I think it's going to be a long year for the Arizona Cardinals, but I like the, uh, the Chargers to pull off an upset here against Kansas City. I like this team a lot. Dave,
3: a lot of people are talking about the Broncos' new head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. And his yeah. <laughs> decision-making at the end of last night's Monday Night Football game, settling for the 64-yard field goal uh, by Brandon McManus, which uh, almost went in, but you know, obviously did not, and it cost the Broncos the game. What did you think about how the Broncos handled those last minute or two of that
5: game? Well, it was awful. I mean, that's about as poor a clock management uh, display as you will ever see there. Um, wh- why did you give uh, Russell Wilson $250 million? It, it, don't you give him that kind of money for situations just like that? To, to pull out games and to win games for you and hopefully make you a Super Bowl contender? You're going to pull him off the field? They should have given the $250 million to the kicker, I guess, then. He's the most important guy on the team if you're going to have Russell Wilson on the sidelines there. And and Arash knows this. We talked about this uh, when Nathaniel Hackett was hired over the summer. And Arash remembers his father, Paul Hackett, uh, who, along with Gomer Helton, the two worst coaches in the history of USC football, and I said, oh, boy, this this is going to be bad for Denver. It's in the bloodlines. I bet this guy can't coach. And, well, look at his first game last night. (laughs) Wow. Wow. What can you say about, he runs the clock down from a minute to 20 seconds, then he calls a timeout, then he trots the kicker out for a 64-yard field goal attempt. That that was textbook clock mismanagement, if you've ever seen it.
2: So, Dave, mm, sorry, I don't believe that he, um, that the coach on the side actually, he thought that he had all three uh, timeouts, I believe, at the very, very end. Right? Because um, you can see him on the sideline talking to the ref and be like, I have all three timeouts. And he's like, No, you have two. Um, do you really think that that decision to wait that long, um, all the way, hit that clock all the way down to 20 seconds, do you blame the coach really or do you blame the quarterback for that?
0: Uh,
5: well, it's the coach's decision. I, I guess Russell could overrule him and wave him off uh, because he's an inexperienced coach and he's in his first year. I, I guess you could kind of make the case where Russell sort of waved him off, just like. Um, you know, in that Super Bowl years ago, when he threw that interception against uh, against New England when they were down there and should have given the ball to uh, Marshawn and won back-to-back Super Bowls, uh, what what he should have done in that situation was looked at the sideline and waved Pete Carroll off and said, "Hell no, right. hell no, we're not throwing here." Uh, I guess it's up. To, he should have waved him off and not done it. He should have done the same again last night. But you know, he's the. Uh, He's he's kind of a vanilla a milk toast. Um, a say the right thing, type of guy, and you heard him after the game defending his coach. So he's just not going to do it.
3: Dave, who was your most surprising team in a good way in Week One? Who is the team that we should have our eyes on, uh, eyes out for going forward? Well, that's a good question. Um,
5: <clears throat> um, well, let me think about this. Who is the team that impressed? That kind of surprised me the most. Uh, Uh, Well, I would would say Chicago, but I think that was more a case of a Trey Lance not playing well, and he shouldn't be the starting quarterback of my San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I would say in a losing cause, and for some reason, I guess I might be a glutton for punishment, I watched that Lions-Eagles game from almost start to finish, and I think the Lions are a lot better this year, even though they lost and they scored thirty five points and they look pretty good and I love Dan Campbell as the head coach. How can you know how can you not love that guy with the things he's done and as much as his players love him? So I would say maybe at a loss, the Lions look much better this year.
1: Yeah. I mean it's gonna be a very interesting season. Um what do you think about the Las Vegas Raiders? Uh, they, they they did not have a fantastic game, but had one last drive where they could have beaten the Chargers. By the way, the Chargers look fantastic. Justin Herbert, which you've known him since college, Dave. You've known him since. I mean, this is this guy. I believe is the best quarterback right now in the National Football League. Wow.
5: Yeah, fellow Doc, uh, Arash, thanks for bringing that up. And I, I think he was hurt a little bit bland for Mario Cristobal, who I didn't like uh, as, a, as a head coach there. But, yeah, he's fantastic. You make a good case that he is the best quarterback in the NFL. I think the Raiders are going to be okay. The Chargers are really good, Arash, as you said. And, and what David cost, with was three picks there and probably cost him the game. But I, I think this Raiders team is going to be okay. They certainly, I think they'll have a winning record this year and maybe make the playoffs.
4: Yeah, Dave, I now wanted to ask about Mike Trout and the Angels. I know you have the curse of the sports god on him, but Mike Trout, seven straight (laughs) games with a home run. Do you think he gets the record tonight if he plays with eight straight games with a home run? And what do you think they need to do, other than you obviously have a new owner? What do you think they need to prioritize this offseason to compete next year?
5: Well, that's a good question. Maybe get Shohei Otani re-signed. I mean, if that's what he wants to do, because he's a free agent after next year. looks like Mike Trout, but... That spinal injury wasn't as serious as we thought it might be because he's been great since he came back with uh, hitting home runs the seven straight. Hey, yeah, why not do it again tonight? He's been that hot. And I, I got to ask you guys a question here. Was debating this on Twitter the other day. Should I remove the curse of the sports god? If Artie Moreno sells the team and everybody in the front office is fired, there and uh, that, that I, I wonder, I wonder because normally you have to win a World Series or give me a formal apology. That's the only way to. That's the only way to remove a curse. But if everybody's gone, including the people in the radio division, there, if they completely clean house, should I remove the curse of the sports god?
1: I yeah. think so, Dave. I think so. I think enough time has passed. If it's a new owner, new regime. Uh, Dave, if you own the team, would you try to own, as he did, you know, his own talk station, uh, play-by-play, things like that? Um well, I guess it's his money, you know, and he, I think he was kind of, a, he was upset with the,
5: I think they were, what, on seven uh, ten before that, and he was yeah. upset with the way they were treated there, and yeah. they weren't getting priority in Angels games, and he wanted to, he said, oh, the hell with it, I'll just buy my own station, and I'll call all the shots. <laughs> so, you know, it's his money, and he's a multi-billionaire, but, uh, you know, his big problem is, you know, you know this, Rush. He kind of flies off the handle. Yeah. People didn't really want Albert Pujols uh, because they knew he was four or five years older than he claimed he was when he said he was 32 at the time. They didn't really <laughs> want him. And yeah. he just went out and signed him without consulting his scouting staff, without consulting his general manager. He did the same thing with Josh Hamilton. He just you know, he gets a bug up his rear end and goes out and, and makes decisions without consulting his baseball people. So I think that's been his biggest problem. Many won't admit he's wrong or admit he made
1: a mistake. My favorite story is that for years they had the greatest press box and not just baseball in all of sports. It was right behind home plate. It was pretty close. There was enough room to spread out, watch. And I, I forgot who maybe suggested, hey, like, you could you could uh, sell this. So not only did they move the press box, Dave, they moved it so far down the right field line that depending on where you sat, you couldn't see home plate. It was it went from the best press box in baseball to the worst. And I get no one's going to cry about the media. But Dave, you literally couldn't see home plate from a lot of those seats. (laughs) And you're right. It was greed that somebody told him he can make
5: a lot more money cleaning the press out of there and moving the press box. You're absolutely right, Arash. And you know, another big problem is that the the people, you know, the president and the vice president and the directors, the the people directly underneath him who are in charge of the organization all people that that he was in the billboard business with years ago in Arizona, who made a whole bunch of money on billboards, and and they were his directors. They're not baseball people, Ross. They're, yeah. they're billboard people. They don't know what they're doing. That, that's the biggest problem. I think it's a it's a great sign for Angels fans that that that, that Artie's finally selling the team. Yeah. Hopefully, everybody goes with him as well in that front office now. How is it that they haven't all been fired years ago with the performance of this franchise? That, that's another question.
4: Yeah, Dave, I wanted to now ask about the Lakers, not about Russell Westbrook, but about how they're going to fill this roster if they don't make a trade. I think they have to bring up Cole Swider, the sharpshooter who balled out in Summer League. I think he's a perfect fit alongside LeBron, but they do need an extra shooter on the roster. That is for sure. What do you expect them to do in the coming weeks before training camp? <laughs>
5: You see, that's a good point. There's always that Buddy Heald thing out there, but they're not not—they're not going to get him without giving up Westbrook. You're going to have to find somebody to take Westbrook to make a deal like that happen. Do you give up the two future number ones if you can get Miles Turner and Buddy Heald? Um, that's a lot to give up, but then on the other hand, you think, what good are those number one picks doing me five and seven years from now when LeBron's not going to be here and AD's not going to be here? We need to win now. So, yeah, definitely they need a sharpshooter, but, but if they don't trade Westbrook, I mean, what do you guys think? I, I've been proposing this since they made that horrible trade for him last year. He should be the starting second unit point guard. When LeBron goes to the bench and you bring the second unit in there about halfway through the first quarter, he's still a pretty good player. He's still effective. Uh, he's still very good with the ball in his hands, but he just is oil and water with LeBron. Make him the second unit guy and have him go up there against backup point guards. I think he'll be fine. I, I know he's making $47 million, but to me,
3: that's the best thing for the team. I, I agree, Dave. I want to know. So let's assume that he is given the starting job. How many games of of rope do you think Darvin Ham will give him before he does consider making that change?
5: Uh, that's a good question. Does he start him in the backcourt with Pat Beverly and maybe start the, the three of them, those two and LeBron together? Uh, yeah. And how long is the rope with, with Russell Westbrook? And I. I'd, I just don't know how, how anything will change this year. If he's playing in the backcourt next to LeBron, how will things change? LeBron's going to be handling the ball. LeBron's going to be playing the point guard position like he always does. And Westbrook's, uh, you know, the, he's a bricklayer. He can't shoot, and that's always been his problem in the NBA. So if he's the off guard, you know, standing there in the corner, you know, uh, holding his shorts over there and waiting for the ball or playing off the ball, that's a, that's a disaster because you saw the team the way teams backed off him last year and let him shoot because he wasn't the point guard. That's never going to work.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dave, uh, another question for you. Your 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 thoughts on uh, Tyson Fury. Um, again, he's like always in the, the news, Dave, and, and you're 100% right. I, I kind of glossed over this when you brought it up the first time. But this is a big fight week. And we were supposed to have our show out there in Vegas. And, again, they, they used to do such a good job of that day where they would invite you there. They, they would invite, like, all these different shows out there. Yeah. This was their big week to kind of, you know, shed the spotlight. And no one's talking about it. You know, it's, it's Tuesday of fight week. Usually the guys... Are, Get there to Vegas, grand arrival, final press conference. No one's talking about it, Dave. I mean, what what has to happen? Like like do, do we need a, like another Tyson Fury fight? I mean, what what has to happen for for, for this to yeah. lead sports news?
5: Is this more? Is this like a zone thing? Arash?
1: Could, they do yeah. a very poor job.
5: But they they do a very poor job of promoting their fights. They they hardly do any promotion at all. I think that's. That's one of the problems as well. But definitely, uh, you know, the announcement that Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua are going to fight on De- December 3rd, I think is a good thing, even though a lot of the bloom is off the uh, the Anthony Joshua Rose coming off back-to-back losses to, to Alexander Usyk. But it's a huge fight in England. I think that that's going to get a lot of buildup and a lot of buzz, especially overseas. But we just need the best fights to happen, Arash. You and yeah. I have talked about this over the years. Pacquiao Mayweather sort of happened seven years before it did. Why haven't we seen Errol Spence against... Um, uh, Taylor Crawford yet, Bud Crawford. We've waited five years for that to happen. It's just, uh, again, boxing needs me to be the commissioner. Like I keep <laughs> telling you, Arash, where you've you got to force them to make these fights happen. Yeah. The, the, the problem with boxing is the best fights never happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, but Dave, I mean, this is a good fight. I mean, it's not the, the best fight, but it's two big names, and, and I guess that's yeah. my concern. If I'm a fight fan... This is what they. The, 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 this isn't Triple G versus a no name. This isn't Canelo versus a no name. This is a trilogy fight. This is two of the biggest names in the sport right now. And yes, it's not what it was the first time that they fought. It's not what it was the the second time that they fought. But the fact that this is a trilogy fight, and the fact that Canelo has his name, uh, and and again, he he's he's still in my mind, the biggest name perhaps in the sport. Yeah, it's frustrating. Dave, that's all the time we have for today. You are the best. We're going to talk to you next week. Uh, Dave, let's do it again soon. Folks, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy this is the Arash Markazi show on the mightier 1090
0: ESPN radio for the cast so it's hard to knock it everybody got their own thing
5: currency chasing worldwide through the hard times worrying facesshed tears
0: as me brother brothers close